Shabbat Shalom. I want to share with you highlights of my week. It's been a depressing but still a strangely uplifting week. On Sunday, 100 congregants joined what was reported to be 26,000 other people marching across the Brooklyn Bridge to affirm the American ideal of no hate and no fear. Took us four hours to cross the bridge. People were lined up as far as the eye could see. I don't know who does the counting. It looked to me like more than 26,000 people, but what do I know? It's depressing that we have to march at all across the Brooklyn Bridge to protest anti-Semitic violence here in America. Practically every day on the streets of New York City, across the river in New Jersey, up the road in Muncie, following attacks in an historic Pittsburgh neighborhood, in a quiet, orderly nirvana of Poway, California. Really? Here? It's sobering that this, the most ancient of all the hatreds that can rip society apart so quickly and so thoroughly, that it would explode in all, of all places, in the land of the free, and the home of the brave. How depressing. At the same time, how invigorating and inspiring to see tens of thousands of people who united within five days, some of whom traveled from as far as the Midwest, others who came from the Middle East, people of all races, religions, and ethnic backgrounds who were determined to take back our streets and our ideals. It was uplifting for me and inspiring to march with fellow Jews of all persuasions, left and right, young and old, Israelis, Americans, Europeans, Democrats and Republicans, Orthodox, Reform, secular. We were one united people on one day on one bridge. Usually, we're more like those last two Jews in a small village who hated each other their entire lives. <laughs> Despite being the last of the Jewish community, they constantly fought and bickered and couldn't agree on anything. And when one of them died, the other one was asked, now how do you feel? And he responded, finally, I can run the community the way I want. We were together for one moment on that bridge. What happened to me at the end of the week, yesterday, that will have a longer lasting impact on me. Along with Rabbi Joshua Davidson, my close friend and admired colleague from Temple Emanuel, I was invited to address the weekly assembly at the Fieldston School. Fieldston is an amazing school. It's an awesome place. The students are brilliant, and the underlying values of the Fieldston community that it is dedicated to are values that we should all be proud to embrace and to transmit to our children. Just to walk around the campus, to feel the energy, to speak with the students, gives me so much hope and confidence. 
These young people inspire me. To speak before 500 such young people, well, it's a bit intimidating too, but it's one of the most invigorating and satisfying experiences you can have. But as many of you know, for many complicated reasons, tensions have been escalating at the school for several years, causing considerable consternation for many Jewish parents and students. The increasingly tense environment exploded in November when a guest speaker, a lecturer at Columbia University, who was invited to speak about apartheid, took the opportunity to equate Israelis with Nazis and asserted that Israel is an example of the victims becoming the perpetrators. It was at that point that the head of the school invited Rabbi Davidson and me, along with our colleague Rabbi Angela Bookdahl from Central Synagogue, to address the upper school and to present the Jewish community's perspective. All three of us immediately agreed, recognizing the importance of such a gathering, although Rabbi Bookdahl was out of town, and thus Rabbi Davidson and I presented the Jewish community's response to the anti-Semitism that has exploded in the United States. We clarified that we do not represent all Jews, and we don't, don't claim to represent all Jews. No one can. Jews disagree on everything. Nonetheless, we did add and presented that we would present mainstream Jewish opinions. Yesterday was also the day that one of the teachers at Fieldston was fired for posting multiple tweets disparaging Zionism. On Hanukkah, the, tweet, the teacher tweeted, making latkes tonight, text me if you want to come over, no Zionists. According to the media, this teacher also portrayed Israel as a genocidal aggressor in its conflict with the Palestinians. Some Jewish parents were intensely concerned because this was a history teacher who was slated to teach an elective course titled Nazi Germany and the Holocaust. The teacher tweeted about our pending address as well, writing, here's a tweet. For a school assembly on anti-Semitism, sure, go ahead, all bold caps, sure, go ahead and invite two white men who run reform congregations, both of whom are Zionists as if that's the end of the discussion. <laughs> While I myself didn't notice any inappropriate behavior at the assembly yesterday, according to students and media reports, this teacher stood at the back of the auditorium and flipped the finger at one of us during our presentation, which was apparently filmed, although I didn't see that either. For those of you who are members of the Fieldston community, Listen, it's really important to understand. My understanding is this teacher was not fired because of the assembly. The teacher was let go because Fieldston had already decided that their behavior was unbecoming of a high school teacher, and yesterday was simply the teacher's parting message. I want to say a few words to the young people here, and thereafter I want to deliver a message to the parents. First to the youth, to recap what I said at Fieldston yesterday. I admire 
your generation. In many ways, you are so much better than we were at your age. I love that young people today are so open to diversity, that they are so willing to accept differences. I admire your insistence that people should be treated equally no matter who they are, how they identify or express themselves. You're quick and creative and have great values. You believe deeply in social justice. I love that about you. But be on your intellectual and moral guard. Get out of the echo chamber. It's completely fine to be critical of Israel. Critics of Israel are not, by definition, anti-Semites. To the contrary, criticism is often helpful and motivated by sound principles. No country is beyond reproach. No government is beyond rebuke. Jews ourselves are among the most insistent critics of Israel. You young people, you be good citizens of the world. If you see something wrong, say something to help make it right. But to accuse Israelis of inflicting Nazi-like violence on others is morally grotesque. It whitewashes what the Nazis really did and who they really were. Accusing Jews of the very things that were done to them in an effort to defame the Jewish people. If you young people here, either at high school or when you get to campus, if you hear anyone comparing Jews to Nazis, insist that they first learn about who the Nazis were and what they did. Some of you have visited Auschwitz. And if not, you may have visited museums here in the United States. At Auschwitz, you will see hills of human hair shaved from the heads of soon-to-be condemned human beings because the Nazis wanted to save anything useful from the human body before they suffocated the human soul. You'll see mountains of eyeglasses piles of children's shoes and baby shoes stripped from toddlers before they were marched into the gas chamber. The Nazis made soap out of human skin. Insist that your peers read about the Nazis, learn about the Nazis, see what they did, and even more important, feel in their heart what they did. Before they compare anyone to Nazis. And when you encounter anti-Israel protests, ask the protesters what they are protesting. If they tell you that they are against Zionism, that Zionism is racism, ask them how they see the solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and listen carefully to their response. They want not accommodation with Israel, but the elimination 
of Israel. And this is not speculation on my part. There is no need to speculate. They say so themselves. Just ask them. Or better yet, go online and read their website. It's the continuation of a decades-long refusal of many in the Arab and Muslim world to accept the right of Israel to exist at all, in any boundary. Understand what they mean when they say they are not anti-Jewish, just anti-Zionist. They mean that from their perspective, justice requires extinguishing the one and only Jewish state the size of New Jersey in favor of a 23rd state of the Arab world that collectively has a greater land mass than the entire United States. Why is Israel the only country in the world whose right to exist is even questioned? Does anyone question the right of France to exist because they disagree with French policy? Or Belgium, Spain, Lebanon, Jordan, Iraq, Iran, China, Russia, Sudan, South Sudan, Somalia, Syria. How would you characterize this constant obsession with Israel's right even to exist? The one Jewish state in the world. And anyway, why even debate with someone who doesn't recognize your right to exist. You need to protect yourself from such people, not debate them. I hope that you, the Jewish youth of America, I hope that you stand for coexistence and peace. Israel is here to stay, and the Palestinians are here to stay. No one has any other place to go. If this problem were easy to solve, would have been solved already. Don't be seduced by people who have easy-sounding, simple solutions. Do not give aid and comfort to those who deny, or the way you say it, who cancel the other's existence. Support those on both sides who are working towards peace. And to our parents, over the past several months, I have become more aware and more sensitive to the situation of our young adults. We have already lost enormous ground at universities. It is normative on campus to view Israel as colonialist and Jews as white privileged oppressors, even though millions of Jews are what we would call Jews of color. Zionism has become a curse word another term for racist. It's just assumed that Zionists are evil. It's like enough to write a tweet. You invited two Zionists. That's enough. That says it all. The deterioration on college campuses is so dramatic that this culture is seeping back into high school. It's not only Fieldston, it's widespread. The events of Fieldston have broader importance because they are reflective of a much broader problem 
It is not isolated to one school. And let's be honest. It's happening in our space. The heart of intellectual liberalism. Liberal schools. Progressive teachers. They are pushing these theories into high school. And that is why the weight of responsibility is on us, liberals, to respond. Now, lest I be misunderstood, there are some amazing teachers in the amazing schools that we send our children to. Everything we want and everything we expect of teachers. And there are some exceptional administrators and leaders of school who represent the very best of American education. They probably constitute the majority of educators in our area. Institutions of learning should be devoted to the cultivation of curiosity. We should learn in school to develop a tolerance of the range of human dissimilarities so that we can expand the richness of the human soul. The task of the best educational institutions is not to tell students what to think, but to give them the tools so they can learn how to think. It has become increasingly clear to me that some of our children's teachers do not see their role to teach facts, convey information, and promote advanced independent thought. Rather, they see you, parents of the kids that they teach. They see you as part of the problem. You are white. You are privileged. By virtue of who you are, you're oppressors. And whether you are aware of it or not, you are instilling in your children patriarchal values, or even worse, pro-Israel sentiments, or worse still, Zionist views. And they feel that it is their job to correct what you have done wrong. Again, I don't think this is the norm nor have I done any scientific surveys on this. But I suspect that I am at least partially right. And my instinct is that the problem is getting worse. And parents, if you want your children to grow up proud to be Jewish, and as capable of defending against anti-Semitism as they are defending against racism, sexism, and classism, you need to be much more active. And you need to be much more involved. You need to push back. You need to be much more aware of who is teaching your children and what they are teaching. Your children are the most inspiring, intelligent, 
values-laden young people I have ever met in my entire life, and I've lived around the world. You should be molding them, not anti-Israel, anti-Zionists, who are embittered with resentments and simmering with intellectual rage. And that's the main reason I accepted Fieldson's invitation to address the upper school. If I could persuade a few students to take another look at the issues that I spoke about, that would be wonderful. But how many people change their minds from one 20-minute speech? The main reason I accepted the invitation was to protect the Jewish dignity of your children and our community. And I don't know for sure, but I think, I certainly hope, that at least some of your children who were in the assembly felt a surge of pride and were strengthened. That finally, someone said something in their school that stiffened their backbone, replenished their Jewish confidence, and upheld, if only a little bit, their Jewish dignity.